Welcome to the Altruistic Libertarian, Advocate for a Genuinely Free Society. I'm Anthony Wheeler, and today we complete our review of more bad business, specifically with the United States Post Office. But first, a quick aside. Way back in episode one, I mentioned Karl Popper and his dispute with Wittgenstein. A bit later in that program, I referenced Popper's insistence that all genuine philosophical problems begin with a consideration of real-world problems. And now I'm going to quote Popper as to the central theme, or better yet, the principal approach to this entire program. Doing so may make it seem like Popper is the guiding philosophical light for the altruistic libertarian, but he really isn't. He just made some very relevant remarks pertaining to this program and to the altruistic libertarian, including, and I quote, For new ways of happiness are theoretical, unreal things, about which it may be difficult to form an opinion. But misery is with us, here and now, and it will be with us for a long time to come. We all know it from experience. Let us make it our task to impress on public opinion the simple thought that it is wise to combat the most urgent and real social evils one by one, here and now, instead of sacrificing generations for a distant and perhaps forever unrealizable greatest good." Unquote. For Karl Popper and the altruistic libertarian, that means, and I quote, work for the elimination of concrete evils rather than for the realization of abstract good. Do not aim at establishing happiness by political means. Rather aim at the elimination of concrete miseries, unquote. And that is what we are doing here as the altruistic libertarian, seeking to eliminate one concrete misery or one concrete evil, one after another. The United States Postal Service. Without exception, the government holds a distinct disadvantage when owning and managing commercial entities. This, they simply cannot duplicate the information, the incentives, the motivation, and the sense of urgency necessary to, to maintain operational effectiveness. Government-owned institutions routinely fail to introduce innovations, improve processes, or deploy the latest industry practices. In contrast, every dynamic and successful private company features effective leadership and creative efforts to continuously improve. Improvement can take the form of new technologies, more efficient processes, internal investment in employees, that is through training, communication, motivation, and or innovative products. In the end, businesses succeed when they deliver high-quality products and services cost-effectively. Organizations consistently deliver high-quality products and services cost-effectively when the members of that organization routinely contribute productively and creatively in a focused and coordinated manner. This drive for excellence, continuous improvement, and customer approval is largely lacking in government institutions, resulting in product stagnation, rising costs, lower productivity, and bloated payrolls. The United States Post Office is no exception. Quote, the U.S. Postal Service is a major business enterprise operated by the federal government. Revenues from the sale of USPS products are supposed to cover the company's costs. But with the rise of electronic communications, mail volume has plunged, and the 600,000 worker USPS has been losing billions of dollars a year. Unquote. The USPS remains in business for one reason, the legal and financial support of the government. Quote, the USPS has a legal monopoly over various types of mail. Thus, entrepreneurs are prevented from competing in the postal industry to improve quality and reduce costs 
for the benefit of consumers, unquote. Additional support for USPS from government includes being able to borrow $15 billion from the U.S. Treasury at subsidized interest rates. It is exempt from state and local sales, income, and property taxes and fees. It pays federal income taxes, but those taxes are circulated back to USPS. It is not bound by local zoning ordinances, is immune from a range of civil actions, and has the power of eminent domain. It has government regulatory power, which it has used to impede competitors." Unquote. As a result, the USPS has been a financial disaster for American taxpayers. Quote, Despite these advantages, the USPS has lost more than $50 billion since 2007 and will likely continue losing money unless there are major reforms. Unquote. Unlike telecommunications, an industry that was able to forestall virtually all technical alternatives to voice communications, the USPS monopoly does not include priority mail, service, or package delivery, services that have prospered in recent decades. Defenders of USPS point out that Congress has prevented them from making changes that would improve the financial health of the institution, closing rural offices, say, or the consolidation of mail processing centers. The kinds of adjustments routinely made by commercial corporations when facing market changes. In addition to the political shackles, a powerful, powerful union with substantially higher compensation also burdens them. Again, unlike telecommunications, an industry that was able to keep and defend potential competitors from entering the telephony market prior to 1984, Time and technology have passed up the USPS with the advent of electronic communications, that is, email, resulting in a 40% decline in volume between 2001 and 2015. The purpose of business, and USPS is a business, is to create new wealth in the world. New wealth is generally represented as profit. Profit is defined as the difference between how much is sold, that is revenue, less how much resources, time, capital, labor, material, that it took to produce the goods and services that were sold. The difference between revenue and cost, that is a profit, equals additional new wealth, net value that didn't exist before. When the opposite takes place, cost consistently exceeding revenue, wealth is consumed and the world becomes incrementally poorer. Consistently creating profits in a free market is a daunting task, and one that requires sustained effort. In a free market, every business competes daily for the goodwill of its customers. In a government-owned institution, the information necessary to consistently please its customers generally doesn't exist. Due to the lack of alternatives, the motivation to improve processes and customer experience is very low, as the organization doesn't face any consequences if they fail. It is impossible, no matter how bright, energetic, or righteous their management team for a government institution to outperform by any measure that is financial, quality, customer satisfaction, or product selection a free market counterpart. There are those who will sneer at the argument based on profitability. They might point to the tradition of USPS having its genesis embedded within the US Constitution or argue that universal service that USPS represents is worth losing a few billion dollars a year. But as I've already pointed out, I define prof profits as, a, as new wealth created in the world and commercial losses as the destruction of wealth. A cavalier attitude about the creation or destruction of wealth reveals a self-satisfied ignorance of how people live in this world and how many struggle to maintain a decent quality of life.
We don't see or feel those losses, so we don't care. But those losses are real and contribute to a relatively, relative decline in our society and reduce opportunities in the lives of real people. The sooner USPS is privatized and removed from government ownership, the better off taxpayers will be. Until that time, the institution will continue to drain wealth from the nation. Back in episode 15, I talked about the difference between my philosophy and my life. How I wish to keep the two separate. Well, the issue of the USPS is a perfect example. I have lived many places, and in those places I hated going to the post office. First I had to find it, then drive to it, and then more often than not, wait in a long line. But that changed when I moved to a small town in New York, where I live today. As an innkeeper, I often find objects in the rooms my guests have forgotten. Usually an item of clothing, or a piece of jewelry, but sometimes something more important like a phone. In all cases, I mail it to them free of charge. I do that because it's easy for me, because the post office is about 100 yards from my door. I print out the email with the guest mailing address, take that, the object I'm going to send, a pen and a few dollars, and walk across the library lawn to the post office. When I get there, there might be one or two customers in the office, never a crowd, and I never have to wait in line. Everybody knows everybody, it's always a pleasant encounter, and never takes more than a few minutes. If the USPS is privatized or eliminated, I doubt my local office survives, and with and what is now an easy, pleasant task in returning guests forgotten objects will probably become more, much more inconvenient for me. In other words, keeping the USPS is in my personal best interest. Drastically changing it is, is in the interest of the rest of the world. So let's change it. Well, that concludes our show for today. In the next episode, we begin a sequence on victimless vices. Until then, peace.